Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. And today, I'm your host, Dave Kane. Once upon a time, the majority of businesses had a product or service to sell and employees to sell it and a back office to ensure that the business was functioning in a way that would keep cash flowing in and out in an effective manner. The times, they are changing. In fact, some businesses no longer maintain a back office. Instead, they are turning to outside providers for functions like accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll, and metrics analysis. In return, business owners are gaining more time to focus on the work they are passionate about, peace of mind knowing that their bills and employees will be paid on time each and every day, and timely access to vital data to help manage their business better. Matt Long, a principal on Ray's client advisory services team in Worcester, Ohio, joins us today to talk about the benefits associated with outsourcing the back office and why more businesses are choosing this route. Welcome to Unsuitable, Matt. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you guys having me. Good to have you here. We want to find out about, you know, client advisory services, and we want to dig into that a little bit. But first, I understand uh, prior to becoming a um, CPA, or you weren't um, in a second life, would want to be a, a car mechanic. Is that kind of right up your alley? Yeah, it is. I uh, My dad had a shop when I was young, spent my summers down there turning wrenches with him, and uh learning a lot about cars and had a lot of fun. Yeah, and we were talking off mic. Uh, you've got a couple uh, things you're working on. Want to kind of share what kind of vehicles you're working on? Yeah, I have uh, a couple toys, uh, 2002 Camaro SS and uh, 85 C10 Chevy truck. Okay. Keep me busy and uh, take the stress off when uh, during tax season and when things get a little rough. Yeah, you know, how do you, uh, the curiosity is, how do you, kind of create a little slush fund to keep care of these toys, uh, you know, uh, kind of outside the the family funds. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a saver and always You're been a saver. A saver. Huh? And uh, sometimes I splurge a little and it's mainly, you know, I always keep my eye out. So I'm coming across deals and can't pass them up. Good. Good for you. So, you know, we want to talk about uh, client advisory service in the back office. Uh, uh, I want to maybe start with, uh, you're an entrepreneur, you know, uh, you came to Ray to to build this part of our practice. So, you know, maybe a little uh, commercial, uh, tell us a little bit about client advisory services on the um, on an overview, and then we'll dig into it. I'm happy to, to work on building our client advisory services group out. Um, there's a lot of potential in, in this space, and we're seeing more and more demand for it. Really, there's this uh, misnomer of, of what client advisory services is. A lot of people think it's strictly the transactional accounting and the day-to-day accounting. And while that's certainly a component of it, we offer a lot more, including controllership-level services, CFO-level services, Perfect. really be a, a true business advisor for our clients. So, you know, one of the, um, one of the things, and we talk a lot about it on, on the podcast, is the you know, the chase for talent, trying to find talent, especially financial talent, whether it's a bookkeeper, a controller, assistant controller, CFO, and it's uh, and it's very challenging out there. And I think your group has risen and listened to the demands and some of the concerns in the marketplace and developed this service accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have clients that approach us and will look to us for really a short-term option because they've had a bookkeeper or a controller 
leave their company. And once we get in there and, and start really evaluating things and get things humming, a lot of times it just makes more sense to, to keep working with us. Uh, you know, you're right. It is tough finding really good people, especially in the financial and accounting uh, industries. And mainly what we're seeing is that these, these clients are struggling with keeping good people, sure. especially with uh, the younger generation really looking for, for opportunities and, and not as loyal per se. Um, and also with, with these companies growing and not being able to keep up with the demand. You know, when whenever the term outsourcing comes up, there's always these this misnomer of uh, oh my gosh, that that's so costly. That's going to be outside the budget. And uh, I think we got to back up on that conversation, that type of thinking. That it probably is way better on your budget than may like you said, turnover after turnover of employees that maybe aren't qualified to do that work. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And I think uh, to piggyback off that, you look at. The, a lot of these businesses have a, a bookkeeper, but they don't really need a full-time bookkeeper. They may only need a, a bookkeeper for 20 hours a week, but yet they have a full-time bookkeeper and they're kind of keeping them busy with some HR functions or some other service, some other functions. And what we're finding is we can come in, uh, provide that, that bookkeeping role, do it in under 20 hours and, and do it much cheaper than, than what uh, our clients are paying for their full-time people. And plus, uh, you have uh, CPA experience yep. uh, bringing to the table. So you're getting both kind of the, the bookkeeping, the compliance, and the analytical review that maybe is missing inside, uh, you know, if you decided to do it yourself internally. Yeah. And, and really, that's, you know, that's the end game for us is it's not necessarily doing the transactional work or producing the financial statements. It's let's use them as a tool and let's make uh, the financial statements work for us to make decisions and and try to help grow our businesses, uh, make them more profitable, help with cash flows, those type of things. And and to one other point there is we have some really great folks within our firm with a lot of industry expertise. And, and a lot of times we'll lean on those folks uh, for their industry knowledge to to make sure the the clients are getting service well and really as a nice compliment to to what we're doing. You know that's a good point. Uh, not only do you bring the um, the services, the uh, the debits and credit side of it, but you can bring the industry expertise, which again, from uh, um, you know, if I'm a I'm a client looking for a, a solution, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and um, you know, uh, it's it's very rewarding when we're able to help our clients and and help them with their businesses, uh, making them understand the importance of the financials, uh, helping them read the financials. And when we see our clients' operations improve, uh, it's a good feeling. Sure. You know, the other thing I was thinking about as I was reading our notes uh, in preparation for today is this also brings a level of internal control inside a business that probably wasn't there before. Yeah, all, all too many times we'll have uh, one or two people within these clients' businesses that are really running the show and kind of doing everything from uh, processing the invoices to uh, cutting checks to making deposits, and there's really no oversight of it at all. Um, and we can provide that oversight. We can provide those segregation of duties and, and really help develop processes so that our clients and these business owners feel comfortable that uh, their cash is being is not being mistreated or misused. Right. Uh, and, and I want to go back to that lack of segregation of duties, which is also often present 
in a lot of businesses that we work with. And we all know from experience that that is a extreme internal control weakness. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, you never find out about it until it's too late. Too late. Right? Yep. Oops. And uh, and then it's it's you're doing damage control and and some very upset folks uh, having to try to to deal with it. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about how your team, you know, the adaptability. Uh, you move around from industry to industry, but if I, you know, want to sit down, uh, bring you guys to the table, and look at a solution, um, you know, where do you start? Yeah, that's a great question. Really, the first thing we do is is come in and evaluate your current processes, your current system, and your current state of things. Uh, take a look at what's working well and what isn't working well. A lot of times, recommend systems and uh, that'll be more efficient, and then help implement those systems and train the the current personnel on the software, uh, develop processes and train them on the processes, and then really find what what that sweet spot is and what makes sense for the client from a, a standpoint of what we should handle versus what they should handle. Right. Um, because we want to do what makes the most sense for our clients. Now, as far as uh, pricing and, and fee structure, again, uh, you know, this kind of general comment, do you pretty much work out something where it's the you know, a flat fee, a fixed fee for me each and every month. So I know I can put it in the budget and that's what it is. No surprises. Yep. That's exactly how we approach it. We, we look in, I use the term predictable fees uh, because it's tough to, to have a, a fixed fee because uh, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. But uh, really try to, to use a fee that, that the, the clients are comfortable with and that they can budget for. And that's palatable for them. Right, right. It's adapting to uh, what they are uh, looking for. Exactly. So how, how big is technology play in the services you provide? Uh, do you have to be on site or do you do a lot of cloud-based uh, stuff? So we, we really tailor our solutions to what our clients are looking for. Uh, in most cases, we can do everything remotely. Uh, we do have clients that want us on site and we're happy to be there. Technology is a critical, critical component in, in driving all of this. It creates many efficiencies. It also um, helps us with having transparency with it all. And uh, without the technology, uh, we're just not as efficient. It, we need to reduce the manual entry as much as possible because by reducing the manual entry, we're getting more accurate financials, um, more real-time financials, and really helping our clients have that ability to manage their business in, in real time. Sure. Sure. Um, again, with your experience and uh, your travels throughout the state of Ohio, got any uh, horror stories to tell us as you went in and looked at systems and, you know, those are all, we're kind of, you're kind of laughing. I know you got a couple, you get, <laughs> well, you're trying to think, change the name, how do I, how do yeah. I, uh, how do I share this with the group? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the names out of it. Um, you know, I, I, I'll use a general statement um, to be to be nice. A lot of times, too many times, we we come in and our clients have no accounting records at all, and uh, have been managing their business through their bank statements or their online banking, and they've been able to do so for for the years that they've been in business because they're really good at what they do. They're really good at trades, you know, they're a really good mechanic, whatever the case may be, but they're just not business savvy enough or have never thought about what that next step is in, in implementing accounting systems. And so a lot of times it's surprising to see that that these business owners are in this position, but it's happening all too often. 
Right, right. What kind of software are you guys using? Well, we, we have a preferred tech stack. A lot of times that'll include QuickBooks Online or Intact as the accounting software system. And then we try to layer on other applications to, again, eliminate the data entry. Bill.com uh, we use for most of our clients and has been a great tool. We also use Expensify. We also use SOS Inventory for clients that have inventory and uh, may need an ERP type system. Oh, okay. I was going to touch base on the inventory. Good. You guys got all kinds of tools and tricks uh, of the trade. But uh, again, uh, from our experience, and and you find that inventory is, um, you know, it's one of those uh, balance sheet items that's probably not tracked as accurately as it should be. And is that kind of an area of concern and focus for you guys? Well, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, the end game is let's help our clients and our these business owners understand their financials and manage their business. And when you're dealing with clients that have inventory, uh, that's what's driving their business. And when they don't have a handle on their inventory, it's it's kind of throwing uh, throwing darts at the wall and and with your eyes closed, you really have no idea where you really stand. And uh, getting a handle on that inventory is going to really help from uh, a cash flows perspective right. and from a profitability perspective. We do see that quite often. You know, if I, as a business owner, let's say that uh, I'm in the market for a controller and I go out in the marketplace and try to find a good one, what do I have to pay on the open market for a controller? Got a feel? Is that 100K? Somewhere yeah, well, there. yeah, you're looking somewhere probably between uh, 80 and 140, uh, and that that that's a pretty wide range, and it varies. But but you pay for what you get, uh, or you get what you pay for, and the, what you're not considering there is all the benefits, the training that goes involved, and and all of that. Uh, so really, when you're kind of talking all in, you're probably closer to 150, 175 thousand. If you can find that person. If you can find that person. And if they're any good. And if you if they're any good and they're going to stick around. Yeah. And so, again, there's a cost versus benefit issue that your team can bring in that, uh, you know, there's going to be certainly a cost, but it's going to be uh, less than what you're going to find on the open market. Typically. And if somebody gets sick, somebody quits, maybe it's uh, uh, ill, you know, your your team provides that solution. The the uh, accounting services uh, doesn't miss a beat within that company. Yeah, because we have a team uh, and a pretty deep bench, we're able to uh, handle things like that and and not have the the transition or the holes and being able to uh, help our clients stabilize their companies. You know, this sounds like a service that's kind of reserved for uh, large manufacturing companies. Uh, but is it really? What level of businesses can you guys adapt the service to? Well, uh, I'm confident we can adapt our, our services for any business. And, and it's quite the opposite when, when you speak of this might just be best for a, a large company. Uh, most of the time, we're really adding the most value for these small and medium-sized businesses. The ones that, um, like I said earlier, don't need a full con- full-time bookkeeper or a full-time full-time accounting department, uh, don't have the the need for a, a CFO-level services full-time where we can come in and provide the services we need to for them to be able to get the expertise they need. 
So you'll match it up and and put a program in place. Yep. And we we really do work in just about any industry, um, service based businesses, uh, like you had said earlier, businesses with inventory, like manufacturers or distributors, um, professional service firms, those types of things. You know, you'd said earlier about uh, you know less work because of the technology, better data. Uh, more real-time, more accurate financials, I think, again, is a, is a benefit to not only the business owner, but the uh, lenders, the uh, users of those financial statements. Plus, I think if, uh, you know, if an owner is talking about succession planning, uh, you can produce those documents, and they're, and they're pretty good, and they're very, very accurate. So I think it brings value to that business. Absolutely. And uh, we have had quite a few referrals our way from bankers and the like where they just don't have a lot of trust and, and confidence in, in their clients' financial statements, and they want us to come in and, and take a look at things and see how we can get a, uh, a strong, accurate set of financial statements for right. them to have some confidence right. in. Now, when we uh, begin this service, you always hear the the term or the terms tossed around. Well, the firm is uh, no longer independent in regards uh, to that client. And sometimes there's some negative connotations regarding that statement. But in a way, when we become less independent, I think sometimes we become way more valuable to the company. Uh, can you comment on that? Yeah, so it is something we're definitely aware of and we consider in every engagement that we work on. Uh, and in some cases, we can remain independent and uh, make sure that we're being very deliberate in how we're delivering our services so that we stay independent. In other cases, we we can't stay independent and provide the, the, the service and the value that we want to. And in my mind, uh, you can't really be a true business advisor for our clients while staying independent. Right. And and I think as a, as a full, our, our industry has wrestled with that. I mean, not being totally independent is 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 kind of a good thing because that means you're digging into the data, you're spending a lot of time with management, you're helping them make decisions, you're helping them make hires and and very critical decisions, and and I think that's a good thing eventually. And uh, to piggyback off that, I'll, I'll just say we have the client's best interest in mind, and keep it just simple as that. You know, if if. If I wanted to start the process uh, to outsource uh, my accounting team or a portion of the accounting services, I mean, give me an idea. How long does that take from start to, to finish till we turn key and get rolling? Well, it typically takes, there is time involved in it and making sure that we're, we're setting up the, the best solution for our clients and evaluating all, all solutions on the table. We can do it in as little as two weeks, uh, as long as a month. It, it really depends on the client and how fast they want to move. Uh, I'm a big believer in not trying to do too much too quick because it'll overwhelm the clients and change is hard. Uh, and so we want to make sure that our clients are comfortable with it. You know, we talked about adaptability and less work, better data. You know, I want to kind of wrap up in the next few minutes about proactive business practices instead of being reactive. And let's talk about that for a minute. I think your client advisory services is a proactive uh, business uh, idea. Am I on on target there? Absolutely, uh, and that's important to us. You know, tied into cars, it's we're trying to look through the windshield and not through the rearview mirror, and focus on on what's ahead of us and how we can be best suited for it versus looking in the rearview mirror and interpreting this data that's 
two months old, three months old, six months old, because uh, it's not as useful when when you're looking at financials that are uh, not as real time. You know, reality out there, what do you see as maybe two or three of the worst practices you're seeing behind the scenes in an accounting department that you're thinking, oh boy, I can fix that? Uh, well, and I know you can fix just about anything. You're a little <laughs> bit cocky. You can get it, man. I'm confident. Okay. Uh, confident yeah. in our team, too. Yes. We have a really strong team. And so it's, it's not me, it's the team. I, I would say, to answer your question, not having the segregation of, uh, of duties and having the controls in place is one thing that always scares me. And going back to the technology, the manually inputting a lot of these this day-to-day transactional information, uh, it just makes me want to pull my hair out because it can be done so much more efficiently and, and so much cheaper. Right, right. And, and again, I, I, I want to just kind of revisit that lack of segregation of duties. I know we've, we've talked about that a number of times. I think that's very, very critical as we move forward uh, in this whole process. Yeah, I certainly do too. And it's something that we're considering with all of our clients and we're, we're bringing up to them and asking them uh, what exactly they're looking for and giving them recommendations on what we think would be appropriate. You know, uh, lean on you for a piece of advice. Um, you know, we always, we hear from our clients, oh, I can't get the books closed <laughs> at the end of the month or the end of the year. Realistically, when should those books close? At the end of each month. Let's talk about that because it's all over the board. Yeah, uh, and that's a great question. And clients often ask that. And for me, the expectation is that we're closing it within 10 days, not 10 business days, 10 days when we first start working with our clients and with the goal of getting that down to five days. There's no real reason we can't uh, unless you're not keeping up with the accounting uh, on a day-to-day, real-time basis. What about dashboards? Can you help me set up uh, some dashboards and flash reports uh, each and every day, each and every week? Yep. There's some slick software out there and uh, it works really, really well. And a lot of times that's really what these these decision makers and these business owners are looking for. They don't need to get a, a full set of financial statements to have a, a good picture of where their business is at. Sure. They just want to see on a weekly basis, where do my sales compare to last year at this time? Uh, what does my my margins look like compared to last month? Sure. And, and if we can keep it very high level in these dashboards that are very easy to understand and interpret, uh, our clients really seem to like that. A good And good financial data helps with uh, good planning, good business planning, good tax planning, good succession planning, adds value to the overall business. Absolutely. All, they all tie, tie into each other and go hand in hand. And, and we, it's ongoing, right? So we're, it's not like we're coming in on a, a project basis. We're coming in and, and being that advisor for the long term and being very proactive to think about what, are, what tax planning strategies do we need to be thinking about or implement? Uh, how can we make sure we're staying in compliance and paying the lowest tax and pulling in our folks from our other departments that um, know that stuff, frankly, a lot better than I do? Right. And you'll travel around the state anytime, any day to talk about this. I think you love the, the whole uh, challenge of getting that back room up and running and very efficient. Yep. It's a lot of fun. It is challenging, but it's it's really rewarding when when it goes well. And um, and I will travel anywhere and we'll talk to anyone about this. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, let's close. Best piece of advice. Give me one piece of advice for 2019. I would say continue to stay aggressive while knowing that there are some obstacles ahead. Great. 
Our guest today has been Matt Long with Ray and Associates in Worcester, Ohio, talking about your business's back office, take it or leave it. And I think there's some good opportunities to have further conversations with Matt. Uh, again, thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, very uh, informative. There's so many reasons a business might choose to outsource their back office functions. I hope more people will reach out to you to find if this option makes sense for them and their business and uh, ultimately impacts the bottom line and the value of the business and give back some valuable time to the business owner. The benefits are certainly substantial. Listeners, what do you think about client advisory service and the potential of outsourcing? We'd love to know. Leave your comment on today's episode. And before you click on another episode or visit another website, take a moment to like, subscribe to, and share today's episode with a colleague. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.